Hi, everyone. Welcome to Waste 360's Nothing Wasted podcast. On every episode, we invite the most interesting people in waste, recycling, and organics to sit down with us and chat candidly about their thoughts, their work, this unique industry, and so much more. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. This is Liz Bothwell from Waste 360 with Kate Flynn. She's the co-founder and CEO for Sun and Swell Foods. Welcome, Kate, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So, Kate, we usually start at the beginning, so please tell me about your path to starting Sun and Swell. Yeah, so before starting Sun and Swell, I had a career. I was doing management consulting within the the retail and CPG industry. So I was in the food industry, but on more of the strategy consulting side, working with brands and retailers on growth strategy and um, and uh, brand strategy and whatnot. And I found that very interesting, but at the same time, I was also feeling a little unfulfilled with just the impact that I felt like I was being able to make. I felt like I was spending so much time working and not necessarily leaving behind like as much of a positive impact as I thought I could be if I was doing something else. So that was kind of like brewing in my mind. At the same time, I was going through a pretty big uh, like life transition when it came to food. I had struggled with eating like my, I just had a really negative relationship with food for a long part of my life. Um, kind of viewed food as a necessary evil. I was always obsessed with calories and stuff like that. And I discovered the world of real food eating. So really focus on eating foods that are as close to their natural state as possible, reading ingredient labels, making sure you're eating foods that are grown from the earth, not made in labs or not <laughs> words you can't pronounce or have no idea what they are. And this is super transformative for me for many reasons, physically, mentally, decided I was, you know, ready to go about this new way of eating and realized nothing was available on the market to, to fill this need. And that's kind of where the really early origins of Sun and Swell started. I started to get, you know, interested in building a company within the packaged food world that was healthier for people. And as I started to pull back the layers of the packaged food industry, I realized, hey, this isn't just a problem with like, there's not just problems regarding the health of our of people with, um, with what the packaged food industry is putting out there today, but also with the health of our planet. So um, I kind of, you know, that evolved into my desire to bring to the market something, a um, food company within the packaged food world that was really set out to build something that's better better, <laughs> better than our options currently, or most of our options currently, both from a health perspective and also from an environmental uh, perspective. Well, I love when, you know, need and, and passion meet and, yes. and businesses formed. I think that's great. And I know, Kate, the last time we spoke, you said we set out to be an example of what business can look like when we put our people and planet above everything else. Can you talk a little bit about what that really means for you and, and how you run your business today? Yeah, so one of the things that we decided really early on in our journey was that we wanted to be a B Corporation. And just to, just for those listening um, that don't know what B Corporations are, basically as a B Corporation, you're you're thinking more about the triple bottom line, so people, planet, and profit, 
versus the traditional corporation. If you think of like a you know a public company, they're legally obligated to put like profits first. <laughs> if they're if you're like if you're always doing just what's in the best interest of your shareholders, you're always thinking about profits above all else. And um, there's kind of this new wave of thinking with businesses where it's like, hey, it, yes, we can be really profitable and build a business that's benefiting shareholders, and but also all stakeholders involved. And that's kind of like where, when I realized that, that that's what a B corporation, that kind of, that's kind of what it meant to be a B corporation. To me, I was like, okay, I want to align with this because it makes my decision-making really easy. Instead of thinking like, okay, I want to, you know, I want to spend more money on better packaging, but it costs more. Like it, it's an easier decision for me when I know like I'm have this North star of like my, of being a benefit corporation that allows me to kind of, I guess, gives me permission to make decisions, not just based on co like low cost and you know, that those money decisions, I guess. So that was, that's been really helpful for me to just have kind of like some guardrails as we, as we grow the business. But it really comes back to like, what, what do I feel good about doing? And if I'm investing, like literally my, it's, it's not just my life. My husband's my co-founder. So like our entire life mm -hmm. into our, into this business, like, what do we feel proud of? What do we, what kind of legacy do we want to leave behind? And when I think of like, okay, if I could be, if Sudden Swell could be known, like how to have a reputation of any company, like what company would I want that to be? We always look at Patagonia, which is literally, it's Patagonia is like in our backyard. There are our neighbors here uh, where we're based in uh, Santa Barbara and Ventura. But that's like, that's the kind of legacy we want to leave behind with Sudden Swell. That's the type of, that's what we want to, you know, we want to just bring good to the world, not just be all about like money with, with our business. So. Oh, I love that. And you saying triple bottom line, I think it makes that so real for people um, in, in thinking of, of all three of those things, uh, to your point, which many yeah. don't. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's also a misconception that's like, if you're a mission-driven business, you don't care about profit. It's like, no, no, no. Like you can have all of them. And at the same time, what we're seeing is consumers are putting their dollars behind businesses that care about more than, you know, that also care about people and the planet and especially the kind of new wave of new generations coming in. It's becoming more and more important. Definitely. And so your packaging is is interesting. It's it's mostly plant-based, right? Can you talk about that? We started transitioning to uh, compostable packaging a couple of years ago. It's been quite a journey. Now we are basic almost where everything we saw on our website is 100% compostable um, we're almost all the way there except a, a few wholesale accounts where we don't think compostable is quite ready yet because there's some challenges with it but yeah it's it's compostable packaging it turns back into soil when composted we always want to be like really clear like it has to be composted you don't just throw you don't just throw it in landfill and it does its job the packaging needs to be uh composted i the the, the packaging we use has it's not certified home compostable. It's been tested in home compost. It, it, it works, but we, we always advocate for trying to compost in an industrial compost facility, but calling ahead and making sure that they take it things other than food scraps. And then we also offer a send back program so consumers can send their bags back to us. And then we have a few composting partners that we work with that will ensure the bags actually get composted. So we're really like, it's about like, A, selling our products in compostable packaging, but B, we really, really focus on trying to close that loop 
and ensure the bags actually make it to the compost where they belong. Oh, I love that you're seeing that through. Yeah, I think it's an easy, it's it's an easy thing to to kind of just, oh, well, I don't want to say it's an easy thing to do the first step, but you can do the first step of selling your product in a better packaging. But like there's, we, as like we know, like the recycling system's broken, the compost system, I don't want to say it's broken, but it's not where it needs to be to support a, a lot of the new innovation and, and stuff that's happening with compostable packaging. And unfortunately, even if you have access to an industrial facility, m- many of them do not take anything other than food scraps or materials that will that you know that like leaves and greens and browns and whatnot. Um, and what many people don't know is that the compostable infrastructure is not yet where it needs to be to accommodate a lot of the new innovation that's happening with compostable packaging and even if you have industrial compost uh, facility, if you have an industrial compost facility in your city and you have access to it, they might not take anything other than food scraps and leaves and kind of those um, uh, ma- the, the main things that go into compost. And so if you're trying to compost things like our compostable bags or, or a compostable fork or a compostable knife or a compostable bowl, um, you, ha- you really have to do your research and make sure your industrial facility takes those things. And until the industrial facilities catch up, we feel like we need to offer kind of that last step solution to make sure people have an option to, to get their things composted if they can't do it otherwise. Gotcha. Okay. And are, I wanted you to talk a little bit about the struggles that you are having with the existing waste and recycling infrastructure in handling your packaging. Is it mostly that they, they just can't handle it? Yeah. I mean, so so the way it works is many compost facilities have been set up on 30 to 45 day timelines for composting, which is perfect for composting food scraps and leaves and you know that kind of typical organic waste that you think of. But the types of compostable materials that um, anything, you know, this, these compostable plastic substitutes basically, so the bowls and the knives and the cups and the bags that we're using, those typically have longer timelines, anywhere from 60 to 180 days. So the first problem is that the compost facilities aren't equipped to handle the, like they're just not set up to handle longer timelines is the problem one. The second problem is even if they can handle it, they don't know, there's not, it's still not like a widely adopted symbol or anything for them to know what's truly compostable and what's not. So there are certifications that exist, like there's BPI certification, but there's a lot of things that are compostable that don't have a BPI certification on it. And those are the types of things that like, it's, it's, it makes a compost facility hard to know uh-huh. if they receive something, if it's compostable or not. So as a result, a lot of them are just like, we're just going to pull it all out because we don't have the time to research every single product and see whether it's truly compostable or not. And so there's kind of like a lacking universal seal of approval that every compost facility in the country knows it's okay to compost this. And on top of that, every single compost facility is different. So it's like they all have, you know, it's they're all or many are independently run. So, you know, that what we had to do was we called compost, we literally called like a hundred compost facilities all over the country, found some that would compost our stuff for us and they tested our bags, approved them, and now they'll accept them. But it was a very, it's a very, it's very much a partnership 
that we have to do with these facilities so they know that they feel good about the bags that we're using. Well, I think it's great you took that extra time and energy to do that and that step because I think that's what's lacking in in a lot of um, package packaging development and even just product development. I love that you did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I honestly had no idea we were going to have to do that when we started dabbling in compost. So I, I was like, great, there's compost. There's, you know, there's a lot of industrial facilities. This will be, this people can just throw them in the compost. Like I was, it was pretty eye-opening to me to learn how many facilities aren't taking anything other than food scraps. And I've even experienced, I've seen firsthand cities that will tell you to throw things in compost bins like hey throw your knives in this compost like they'll tell you they'll advertise that they're taking these things mm -hmm. and then you talk to the compost facility and they tell you they're don't they don't and they're pulling them all out and throwing them in landfill so it's pretty like it's, it's it's kind of the more you peel back the more you're like wow like this it's it's not as broken as a recycling system but it's really not where it needs to be to support all of this innovation right now and i do think it's um, the brands who are using these types of materials, like us, should be thinking about these interim end-of-life solutions until the infrastructure is where it needs to be. Absolutely. I was going to ask if you had advice for others who were starting their journey, what they what they could do. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that I always say to brands looking to use compostable is like, Make sure it's important. It's really important to you, and it's worth like it's it's going to be a struggle for many reasons. Like we 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 talked about the end of life here. There's so many other things. Um, not only is it more expensive, and your prices are going to be have to have to be higher, but there's a lot. Shelf life is not the same with compostable packaging as it is with plastic packaging. So there's a lot of challenges all throughout the supply chain with that regards. But I always like make sure like you want to fight that battle. And for us, we did like for us, we're like, we're so passionate about being a pioneer and helping move the industry away from plastic uh -huh. that it's worth the battle for us. And we've also kind of realigned our business to support the use of this type of packaging um, in terms of what channels we sell our products through, how, you know, how the, the, our, how we run our inventory systems. <laughs> we have, you know, we're ordering packaging more frequently because we can't keep as much as hand. Just a lot of things about our business have evolved to accommodate this packaging, but it was worth it to us. And that's the first thing I, I always tell people is like, make sure it's like a, one of the battles you want to fight. And there's so many battles that all of us can be fighting, like to make the food system better. And maybe your battles were generative organic. And if that's your battle, like, focus on that first, you know, like there's so much to be done there, you know, so, or maybe it's upcycling. Like there's all these different things that you can really become like the, a pioneer in. And I always encourage people first to like, think about that when you're thinking of transitioning to compostable, because it is still so early in infancy and there's still so much to figure out with it. But the second thing is when it comes to end of life, because I definitely hear that a lot, brands that are incompostable and kind of learn about what we're doing for the end of life and want to know more, and for that, like, I think that honestly, the, 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 the big, the best advice I have right now is just make sure you as a brand understand the challenges and you can be transparent with your customers so they know. And, you know, if there's what I've seen is I have seen some of, like I saw that a, a, what a Garden of Eaton, which is a PepsiCo brand, they launched a bag compostable and they partnered with TerraCycle to do like a return program for their compostable bags. So I have seen more of these return programs emerging, whether it's through, I think it looks like TerraCycle is doing some stuff in it now. And 
Um, I know like our, one of our packaging suppliers is working on their own send back program. So I think that more solutions are coming out in terms of like helping as a brand taking responsibility for it. But I think it's just kind of really making sure you understand and you have, can be transparent with your customers who do deeply care about how to, how to make sure it's getting in the right place. Definitely. And, and that was my next question. How have you seen sort of a customer perception of sustainable packaging changing? Yeah, I mean, what's really interesting is what we've found is when you look across like the mainstream world of consumers buying, or you know, you look across all consumers who buy food. I I don't remember the exact stats, but there, you know, you've seen the numbers like sixty percent or seventy percent care about sustainability. Like there's, you know, there's all there's definitely a high number of people say they care about sustainability when it comes to their food. But and and any like in any consumer products that they're purchasing. But then when you get down to like the, okay, is it in your is it one of your is is when it comes to buying food is is sustainable packaging one of like your top three choices? I think I read recently that only twelve percent of consumers say sustainable packaging is in their top three when it comes to buying food. Like people are care about taste, they care about health, they need nutrition. Like there's all these other things that take a priority, which is not surprising, it's food. But what we see is interesting is the customers that we attract, they do care way more about it. I mean, those I that that number I gave you of, you know, how does it rank in your top three? It's 12%. Like we ran a consumer survey and we have over 70% of our customers care about sustainability when they're buying, like, uh, uh, wow. care about sustainable pet. So it's, we have, we've been able to find the consumers who care a lot about it. And of course, before sustainability, they care about health and taste, but then sustainability is within the top three. And so I think that there's a cohort of people out there that, uh, I think a lot of people just kind of want to, a lot of consumers out there want to just feel good about their brand they're supporting. And that could be from sustainable packaging. It could also be because it's a small business. They just want to feel good about where they're spending their dollars, right? But then there is that cohort of consumers who do care so deeply about making a difference on the environment with their dollars. We tend to see an over, a large overlap um, with like people who care about the packaging or also tend to be vegan or plant-based for environmental reasons above all else. Uh -huh. So um, we do see that, like where people are really, uh, especially with our customer base. And then the other, the other thing where I've definitely noticed a trend over the past couple of years is more for on the whole, with our wholesale customers, more and more buyers caring about the sustainability aspect because they're, you know, they're as a, a as businesses, they're trying to meet certain goals in terms of what they're buying um, that's sustainable and eco-friendly, and that's where. When we first started selling in Compostable a couple of years ago, there was some interest, but not as much. And now we've really felt the demand picking up um, on the whole, like with our with our B2B customers. Oh, that's good to see. Yeah. Which is awesome because that's where we can make the biggest impact. Like we can we can sell, we 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 do a lot of our sales online and selling to an individual customer is we love that. We we love doing that. But like when you talk about like how can we like make a huge impact at once. It's landing a giant wholesale account with our compostable packaging. That makes sense. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that's going in yeah. the right direction for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then I know you talked about your send back program. How's that going? It's going really well. We launched, um, we kind of launched a beta of it a little over a year ago, just because we're like, we don't know if anyone's going to do this. We'll see. And we 
we we still charge for it. We basically charge uh, $10 for a prepaid envelope that includes, you can fit like 40 bags in it. We're moving towards making that. We want to make it, if not free, almost free. And we have really strong participation. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like people will send us back like 40 used bags. I mean, it just, it's really, it, it, people participate in it. They like really collect their bags and get them back to us. It's like, it's really awesome to see like how, and we try to make it as easy as possible. But the fact that our customers are like, yeah, we actually do want to do this. And we're going to go the extra step to save our bags and send them back to you has been amazing for us and like really validated that like, yes, there are customers who really care. Not It's not just us who are trying to go the extra mile to make this happen. Our customers care about it too. And we love that. And yeah, it's, it's, we're numbers are higher. We're higher than we expected. And I, once we make it free, I imagine it's, we're going to get even more people doing it. So it's really, it really worked. And what we like about kind of having our own program is that we're able to then um, track like how many bags our customer sends back. And then we can let them know like how many they've how many plastic bags they've diverted from landfill. And um, so it's just a really cool little program that we have that we, we love. Oh, that's fantastic. And I love to see how, how much participation you're getting. And like you said, once it's free, you'll get even more. Yes. Yes, totally. We're really excited to make that. That switch should be happening in the next couple months. Amazing. So I know you were one of the success stories of, of COVID. So can you talk about how your business kind of changed during that period and what you did? Yeah. So going into COVID, we, I mean, this all like so much aligns with our journey towards with compostable packaging. So going into COVID, we were selling only one line of, we were selling a single snack food line, which was our energy bites line, which is still something we carry today. But at the time when we first launched our company and going into COVID, we really only sold one line of snacks. Um, we had about five different skew, different flavors, different SKUs. And we had recently transitioned that line of snacks over to compostable packaging. But we were right into a lot of challenges because we were trying to push that through more traditional wholesale channels like grocery and just places where our product, people were making decisions based on how the product looks on the shelf. And what we found was compostable packaging doesn't look as perfect as plastic packaging on the shelf. And in fact, I mean, this was like, this was like over two years ago. So at the time that packaging wasn't even as good as it is now, Uh, but it would, it, it just didn't look good on the shelf. It was getting wrinkly. It was, it looked like it had been like handled aggressively, even though it hadn't been. The colors were dull and it really started to impact our sales. We were seeing like our velocities go down. We were losing shelf space. And so we were really kind of stuck in this like predicament of like, okay, like wholesale is going well, but it doesn't seem to be liking compostable packaging. So what do we do? Like, do we, do we keep going with compostable packaging and struggle through this? Or do we go back to conventional packaging until we can figure out another solution? And COVID kind of gave us that permission to pause for a moment and say, okay, like now that we know how passionate we are about like this transition to moving away from plastic in this industry, how can we do things now that things have slowed down a bit? Like how can we evolve our business model to really like fulfill this mission we have of building a more sustainable and circular food industry? 
And we really started leaning into selling our products more on our website. We, we kept hearing from our customers like, Hey, love your energy bites. But like, can you guys do more? Like, can you just sell some like nuts or like some other things that are like also <laughs> organic and, and good, you know, like we just were hearing like people just wanted to buy. They loved that fact that we were organic. They loved the high quality ingredients. They loved the compostable packaging, but they wanted more than just a, a snack bite. And so during COVID, we really um, had that freedom to rethink things a little bit. We built out, um, we basically expanded our product assortment. So we're, we now offer like over a hundred SKUs of everything from dried fruits and nuts to superfoods to grains and kind of this like wide range of, a really, a really wide range of products, all organic, all sustainably sourced, all sustainably packaged and all super fresh that so tastes really good. And it's really allowed us to make this bigger impact in the food industry and sustainability that the doors were open to us to explore because of what, because of the world slowing down in 2020. As the, we've gotten through the crazy part of the pandemic, we have been going back to uh, wholesale with our compostable packaging, but the, it's kind of what I alluded to earlier. We're seeing a stronger demand for actually getting products in compostable right now. And also we've aligned our channel strategy with channels that compostable will do well in. So grocery is a hard channel to send compostable through right now because people are making decisions on the shelves. But there's other channels like a corporate office where they're just, you know, where snacks are free or where snacks are being gifted, where it gives you that permission to use the compostable that some other channels aren't as great for. So we've just kind of aligned our wholesale channel strategy more to enable us to best put that, that you know, product out there that we want to have out there. So smart. And what else is on the horizon in terms of products and, and will you expand beyond food? Yeah, you know, we definitely think beyond food. And I think when we get, <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I can list you a million things that I would like to be doing for products, but we know there's so much more to conquer within the food space for like, this is the food industry or the like packaged food industry. I think it's like over a $600 billion industry. It's huge. And like, there's so much that needs to be done there. So for us, it's really focusing. We're really just focused on growing our footprint within the packaged food space right now. I, as you know, as I was kind of mentioning earlier, like for us, we're really trying to not just build our direct to consumer business. So where we're selling directly to our customers online, but really finding those awesome wholesale partners where if we can land those partnerships and do giant deals, all of a sudden we're putting like, you know, all of a sudden millions of units of compostable packaging are going into the world and if it like that's saving tons of plastic. So it's like the more we can get our product out there, the more plastic that isn't created, the more plastic that isn't going into landfills. So we're just staying super focused on that right now. And, you know, when we think longer term, like what are some of like the, what are kind of next steps beyond just growing our brand? There's two kind of like bigger uh, things that I think of. One is really that starting to move up the supply chain and helping our ingredient suppliers become more sustainable as well. So when we're buying for, we work a lot with, directly with farms, making sure they're using sustainable packaging if they're not already. That's like another area where I think we can have like a bigger impact as we grow. We're super interested in regenerative organic. We aren't like, 
I, I talked about this earlier, like our battles, the plastic packaging right now. So we, we're, I, we're not like a, a pioneer in regenerative by any means. We're kind of letting others take the lead there, but we're really excited about dabbling more in that, incorporating that more and more into what we're doing as that grows a larger presence as well. Oh, good. Bold, but achievable. I like that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And do you find a lot of other brands and companies coming to you for advice? Yeah, definitely. I, I, a lot of people are a lot of brands, you know, it's typically emerging brands. A lot of brands interested in making the switch to compostable or just starting off and they want to make compostable or they're in compostable and they want to learn how to do like they want to explore like the send back uh, program and how they could do that with their customers. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of, I, I mean, I feel like, especially with brand, all the, you know, this, I, I love the emerging brand space. Like, I think, I feel like there's so many cool companies out there. I, that's kind of, but definitely like heavier in that world of people who are interested, you know, these, these entrepreneurs like myself who like want to come change the world with their, with their food company. I know there's a lot of us, but that's definitely a lot of interest in learning kind of how to, how to work with compostable, if they should work with compostable and all that, all that good stuff. I love it. Was there anything else you want to share before I let you go? You know, I think we, I think we hit on most important things, but I think for, if, if, I, I would just say if there is anyone out there listening who is an entrepreneur or who's um, even if you're uh, not an entrepreneur, but somebody who's just trying to make the world a better place, I think the thing I always have to remind myself that I always remind everybody else is it's like it's progress. It's about progress, not perfection. And so I think a lot of times we beat ourselves up because we're not perfect when it comes to these things and trying to make change. And even if it's in our day to day life, like I'm still frustrated with myself that I use toothpaste in a plastic tube, but it's I just my reality, right? And yeah. so like, I think that like reminding ourselves constantly when we're, whether you're trying to use your business to make change or as a consumer, you're trying to make change to just remind ourselves progress over perfection. And I think it makes the journey a lot easier. <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Such good advice for all of us. And then where can everyone find uh, your products? Yeah, so the, the whole assortment is on our website, which is www.sunandswellfoods.com. We also do sell in, you know, some wholesale retail stores around the country, but website's the best place to go because you kind of get the whole shebang there um, versus just a couple of our, our SKUs. So. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kate. It was so good to hear about your journey and, and what's coming down the, the pike. This was awesome. Yeah, it was so it was so good to chat and um, thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. It would mean the world if you would take a moment to rate or review this podcast. And if you share it with us on one of our social networks, we are giving out some fun, nothing wasted podcast swag. So just tag us and see what you get. Thanks so much. 